what effect you are having in on the people in the room as well? What effect are your actions having on people? Is it because, you know, of your talking too much that people are checked out? Or is there something else going on? Welcome back. You're listening to episode uh, 103 of Design Today. I'm your host, Dylan Winspear, and my mission is to help you improve your UX game from beginning to end. Whether you're fresh out of school or five years in, my goal is to help you figure out the next steps to excel in your career. If you're feeling stuck in your journey, maybe it's you can't seem to land a job or you can't seem to get that promotion, let me encourage you to schedule a coaching session with me. In an hour's worth of time, we can figure out how to clear your path forward and get you heading in the right direction. Recently, I've been able to conduct a few mock interview sessions to help those trying to land a job get some practice under their belt. Along with that mock interview, we finish off with an assessment to help you understand where you can improve. And this seems to be doing the trick for many as it highlights a few points that with some minor tweaking, we can get you that job offer or that promotion. And let me tell you, the job offers are coming. So head to designtoday.com and click on the coaching tab to sign up. As always, your support means a ton. Have I said thank you enough recently? I don't know if I have. Your support means a ton. Thank you. Even the things that you might find trivial, like sharing or commenting or engaging in an episode, it means a lot. And I thank you, the listeners, for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. In today's episode, we got Uncle Mikey back with me to talk about our soft skills uh, and continue on this mini-series that we've been doing here. So if you haven't listened to the first three episodes, go back and follow up on those. Uh, but we've got about three or four more episodes left in this mini-series. And today, we're talking about facilitation, right? UX designers find themselves in rooms facilitating meetings very frequently. I mean, it happens majority of my day, and I assume it happens often in your day as well. So we're gonna talk about the skills like reading a room, you know, picking up on the body language and those kind of signs and how to interpret it. Uh, we're gonna talk about creating a safe space and inviting participation. Um, it's really a good episode. So I don't wanna spoil anything more. Let's just jump into it. Uncle Mikey, mini series, here we go. Facilitation is on deck right now. Uncle Mikey, welcome back, homie. Hey, 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 it's been a while. <laughs> Been a long it has time. been a while. Happy 2021. Yes, we are here. <laughs> and it's been an you exciting made it. start. We made it. <laughs> it has been an exciting start, right? Uh, it has, uh, it, it's probably warranted to acknowledge some of these world events that are happening right now. And uh, I don't weigh in on things too politically uh, too often, only to say I hope everyone's doing well out there and I uh, hope everyone's staying safe and staying healthy. Yep, that's about where my my thoughts go is I just hope everyone is having a good start to the year in their own, you know, specific areas because there is a lot going on and and but it's a start to a new year. It's new goals. It's new. This is designed today. I mean, what's what's the goal for today? Right. Yeah, it's not so, designed 2020. Right? We're past that. We're past that. <laughs> where are we designing today? You know, and I think it's, I'm a big mindfulness person. I think you are too, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about mindfulness towards uh, the end of the podcast. But I, I think it's important that, um, how do I phrase this? 
I've seen a couple of memes floating around already where it's just like 2021 seems like just to be the uh, or 2020 was just the prequel of the main event for 2021. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like that mindset. I want the mindset of this is going to be a better year. I think you Absolutely. have to be actively focusing on this is going to be a better year if you're going to make it a better year. Otherwise, you're right. You will just be living in a continuation of 2020. But it is a new year. Give it the opportunity to be a fresh start and have the outlook of 2021 is going to be better for you. I think that's important. I love your thinking. <laughs> well, that's a wrap, man. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, we'll see. We're out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited to be recording. We're done in 30 and we're seconds. done. Look at us. <laughs> I'm uh, happy to be recording with you again, Uncle Mikey. It's it's been a bit. We haven't recorded since end of November, so. We're back into the mini series on uh, developing the soft skills to be a, a amazing UX designer. So the soft skills will continue to roll forward. We've got a couple more that uh, Mikey and I are going to be focusing on over the next couple of weeks. I think we identified three or four more episodes that we'll be doing uh, before we wrap up this little mini series. Uh, but let's do a quick reflection on what we talked about last time and after uh, you kind of give us your little report, I'll set us up for what we're going to be talking about today. So last time around, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, collaboration and, 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 that's, and that stuff. And, and you extended a challenge at the end of that episode. And I know you took the challenge. So do you mind giving us a little uh, recap of how that challenge went for you? Absolutely. I, yeah, just to we, we talked about one of the things that really stuck out to me as I was thinking about what we talked about was the whole bit about seeking contact context and the mm -hmm. practice and the preparation that we put into it. But it never it never always goes right. It never always is this beautiful display of our soft skills to everybody. And so the challenge was hit the record button and listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. And and. It just so happened after issuing that challenge that during a meeting, I was asked if I I was leading the meeting and they asked if I could record the meeting. And I just thought, hey, this is perfect. I can talk about this. And in all honesty, after finishing after finishing the meeting, I did identify uh, as I went back and watched it. I did identify a few times when I was using some filler words. That was one thing that mm -hmm. I found that I needed to work on. But in all honesty, the time and preparation that I put into, you know, presenting this to the the room or to the group on on Zoom, it actually went really well. I felt like everything that we we know we should be doing, like prepare and and come with, you know, uh, an open mind and open ended questions for people that seemed to really help. And so yeah. my recording of it went went really well. I was happy for the results. I was happy with the feedback I got from people during the meeting and you know, you always hear yourself talk and you're like, Oh man, I don't like to hear my own voice. And so I don't know that we can prescribe anything that's going to get you over that, but you know, just recording yourself and hearing when you use filler words or when you, you aren't quite sure of what you're talking about. And maybe when you could slow down and let the silence kind of prevail, I think too often I feel like I have to just keep filling the the conversation with content or else, you know, my thoughts aren't being presented the right way or something, or they'll think I'm dumb or that I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's very far from the truth. When, when you yeah. let silence kind of introduce itself, there's some good stuff that goes on in those moments. So silence and filler words are definitely what I picked out for myself. Looking at my notes here, silence and filler words. Other than that, I really liked how, 
taking the time to prepare helped me through the discussion. Yeah. Well, good for you. So my experience wasn't necessarily the same as yours. I think it's actually quite ironic that you're asked to do a little pre-recording. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually hit the record button like you suggested. Instead, I've kind of adopted this pattern of doing pre-presentations. Uh, and it wasn't anything that I actually set out to, to actually do, but I found myself in preparation for the upcoming meeting. I might be with a developer who's going to be in that meeting, or I might be with a product manager who's going to be in that meeting. And I would actually end up giving them the presentation prior to the meeting. And what I found in doing that is... I can better articulate my narrative that I want to share once I get into the meeting. You know, it's easy to go like, oh, I got a grasp of this and I can walk into this meeting and I can, I can address it. But what typically happens to me is I get into those meetings and there's so many thoughts going around in there that I deliver a lot of them in different directions and the narrative of the story isn't very clear. And so I like doing those, those pre-meeting presentations where I can hone in on what the narrative of the story is and address the points that will need to be addressed when I've got, you know, the certain stakeholders in the room and then avoid some of those things that, yeah, you found that fascinating in your story, but that doesn't contribute to the story as a whole, you know, all right, let's eliminate that. Or, or this part right here was kind of a tangent or this part right here was unclear. Didn't make a lot of sense. Those are the types of things that I was able to identify as I do these kind of pre presentations. Um, That's really cool. I like that so idea. I, yeah, and I, and I like the things that you were sharing there as well. I think uh, we can all do a little bit better job at, at preparing and you know avoiding the filler words and and getting the narrative right. So it was a good challenge. I appreciate that one, Mikey. Yeah, and we've got another one today. We should get into. We do have yeah, another one for us. <laughs> so today we're talking about facilitation. It's kind of an add-on of what we did last time, right? Last time the, the actual title was articulating your thoughts or articulating your de design choices. Um, that is kind of the starting point of what would come next, right? You've practiced your presentation and now you get into a collaborative session. You're in the meeting and now it's time to facilitate that meeting. I've shared in the past that those UX designers are the hub of inputs, right? Each spoke on that wheel is another input. And when you in get into these facilitated meetings, it's time to receive that input. And there's a few things that can pop up into... Uh, derailing these collaborative sessions. You know, we can talk about biases. We can talk about, uh, you know, willingness to participate. Uh, we can talk about people who are overly participating and uh, maybe not conducive to creating a safe space. Those are a couple topics that I think we could get into. But right out of the gate, Mikey, I wanted to ask you, what do you find to be one of the most important skills in facilitating a meeting? Oh boy, <laughs> this is where, this is the stuff. I mean, when we first started this series, I was secretly, you know, anticipating this part of the podcast or to get to this point. I really, really enjoy this because you mentioned the meeting aspect of it too, but where this really started to shine for me is something I, I love talking about and I love helping people through is even in the interview phase of your career. Right. You show up in the interview and there is this there is this feeling that that overcomes us in a in an interview setting when when we have to take ownership of that room and understand what's going on. And so, mm -hmm. yes, reading a room in an interview, in a meeting, even just with your product team, if you're in a in a product team, just being able to understand what's going on. And the reason I get excited about this is because I think a lot of times what we do is we're really good at one stage of reading a room or, or 
understanding what's going on in a room. And I like to break it into three different stages. And that's just how I've interpreted it over the years. So we're really good at observing. We show up, we can take notice of who's on the Zoom call. We can take notice of what you've got in the background of the Zoom call. If you if, if you don't have a, a blurred out background and I can kind of read what you got going on, maybe we can start a discussion about that. I can notice body language. Body language is huge. And that's the observation piece. You know, it, when you can do that, when you can pick up on cues, you become really good at being able to converse with people because there's always something interesting about people that you can talk about. That's why salesmen, mm-hmm. the ones that are really good salesmen, they can go into a room and they can pick out things about people and remember things that they talked about before. They're really good at observing that kind of stuff, right? However, so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so I know you broke it into three pieces, but is observing the most important piece? I, I think it has to happen first. It has um, to happen first. Yeah. To lead into the second part? I think so. Okay. Um, because, and I'll, I'll explain why, why I feel it's that way. So I also don't want to leave out in observation this important part of what, what effect you are having in, on the people in the room as well. Mm-hmm. What effect are your actions having on people? Is it because, you know, of your talking too much that people are checked out or is there something else going on? So yes, I feel like the observation piece is vital. It has to happen. It, it, it's what hits our senses. It's what hit, hits our vision, our smell, um, our hearing. Uh, we, we observe first. And then what we have to do is interpret the things that we're seeing. So what does it all mean? What and I know you know I, I say this and we're going to talk about this for twenty minutes. Sometimes you have to do this really fast. What do these people have going on in their professional lives? Uh, because we have to be really careful of those biased decisions that we can make really fast. Is it that they're checking their watch? I, I read this somewhere that is it they're checking their watch because they have to they want to get out of the meeting because it's super boring. Or are they checking their watch because they can't wait for the Q&A session at the end because they have some really important questions they want to ask you? You've, you've excited them to some certain point, right? So we, we succeed as designers when we can bring other people along for a journey, right? People have mm-hmm. a story to tell. Design has a story to tell. So is this someone's seventh meeting today and that's why they're just done, right? If you can interpret these things and understand who is in the room, what they might have going on. Uh, just just today, we had a meeting with our one of our executives and I was really surprised actually to see him in the meeting because he had told us all last week that he was taking a week vacation. He, he was taking a week vacation and he had saved all his vacation and worked all through the holidays. And that alone must have been difficult. But here he was today in this meeting. And I thought, why are you here? Come to find out later that things got so busy and crazy that he he had to cancel that trip. So he's worked all through the holidays. Now he has to cancel the trip. It's no wonder he seemed very impatient in the meeting today. You know, as I put the pieces together and I heard people kind of trailing on in the conversation, we weren't really getting to, to a point on something. I could see it in him. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that guy just wants to just end this and go on his trip, you know? But, and then, so there's the interpretation stage. That's the second yeah. stage. Um, I can pause there. I don't know if you have anything on on the interpretation side, but then there is a I, final stage. 
Yeah, go let ahead. me chime in real quick on that interpretation because I think you 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 hit a point. You you talked about you know why is somebody checking their watch, and, and you mentioned a couple ideas of why they might be checking the watch. And it's important to recognize in, in your story from today that you know you, the executive may be impatient, not because of anything happening in that meeting, but from some of the extracurricular going on in their life. Right? Somebody yep. might be checking their watch uh, not because they're bored. Not because they're waiting for the QA session, but but also maybe because they got to go pick up their kids from school or uh, the delivery man's coming to their house to drop something off. You know, so like there's there's so many extracurricular things that could be going on that, you know, it's important to pick up on these things and then interpret it correctly. Because, again, the, the person who's got the delivery man coming to their house isn't necessarily going to be checked out on the entire project or checked out in the entire sprint. They just need a moment. You know, they need to step out of the meeting for a moment. Yep. Uh, and that's a big difference from the person who's in the meeting checking their watch uh, because really they're just bored. They don't care about this project. They don't intend to be helpful. Those are two different interpretations. And making a false interpretation can be dangerous. And so I do think it takes a bit of effort to go like, I recognized that something wasn't right here. And I'm going to go do some further investigation into it later to find out, you know, if, it, if it's really affecting us, if you really care about it, I'm going to do some of my own work to figure out why did that go the way it went? And, and we'll get into that as we get further into the challenge. But interpretation can be a tricky thing because you don't want to make the wrong interpretation. Yes. <laughs> and I like how you put it, too, that sometimes that happens, you know. That's and again, yeah, we'll talk about that in our in our challenge and maybe I won't spoil it just yet. And I'll just move then to something that you already mentioned, and that is doing something with what you observed oh, and with I stole what your you third bullet point. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I apologize. No, you're good. I'm because it kind of does make sense when you start putting the pieces together. This is nothing profound, but the third the third stage of this is that you have to take some kind of action. And these can be little mm -hmm. things. I don't know. I I worked with a developer once that really could not look people in the eye. He really struggled to just make eye contact with people. And that is just super vital. I also worked with some other people who were really good at restating and repeating back what they had heard, really trying to uh, make clear their own understanding. So did I understand what it was you yep. said? And then when you do that to somebody, it makes them either say, okay, cool, he's got it, or you're way off track, right? That's not exactly what I meant. Let's, let's re reframe this or, or say it again in some other way. That's a really, that's taking action in the moment. And there's lots of other things you can do to take action. Uh, one thing that people are a little scared about is that we come into these design meetings or a critique or a room of stakeholders, and we're so prepared with a narrative we want to present to people. We, we make slide decks and we, we do all of these uh, fancy things as, as, as I have done in my career. And we, we become so focused on what we want to share today that we're not okay with the meeting, maybe needing to change course a little bit. And maybe mm -hmm. that's okay. And maybe I'm sure you as a, as a manager have felt that sometimes that maybe the meeting needed to change course in some way, because it needed to address different issues. And, and yeah. that's okay, too. You know, not always coming in with and leaving the meeting thinking, I didn't get anything accomplished that I needed to today. And I feel like a failure. And I feel like this was a pointless meeting. That's not always the case. 
And to your to the one of the last things you just said was that sometimes one of the best action items you can do is to take take that discussion or the findings from that meeting and take it offline. You know, maybe maybe I mean you're not going to reprimand somebody in a meeting necessarily, you know, if they keep checking their phone, but you might notice mm-hmm. it and you might go clarify with them in some professional way and make sure that your your presentation was understood and and it might all come out as you build trust and rapport with these people. It might come out that they had to go pick up their kids. They might not have told anyone that, you know, at the onset, but it really helps to just take action either in the moment in the meetings or take those things offline and and try and interpret what it was that you saw from it and what you observed when you showed up. And yeah. those three pieces I feel like so often we're great observers, but we don't necessarily take the time to interpret or take action on on reading a room in this case. And I'll just add one other thing. Sorry, I, I get really excited about this stuff, but <laughs> keep going. We've also we've also talked about inviting participation, right? And inviting participation from people, I think, is really closely tied to this reading a room uh, skill that we can develop in ourselves. So that preparation in advance and anticipating where the discussion might go or could go or what some of the questions uh, might be. How did we do on the agenda items? If there was an agenda, did we address all of those things? Did we accomplish what it was we set out to to achieve in this meeting or in this interview? And And then the final piece of just inviting that participation in a discussion or in a room or an interview is to come with your own open-ended questions. Yeah. I, it's just like being a being in UX research, you know, being able to ask the right questions at the right time. Open-ended questions keep that room energy up and alive. The negative, quiet, you know, not accomplishing anything energy that can permeate a room is so often because the right questions aren't being asked mm-hmm. and we're not moving the discussion forward in some way. Yeah. That's that's that design journey that we're taking people on. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of my excited uh, pitch for everyone is to to observe, to interpret and to take action. And that's what will help you not only read a room, but but be good at it and develop that skill. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I mean, I you, you, you've you covered these things in kind of a, a big picture, and then you've narrowed it in talking about some of the techniques involved in each of them. And I, I like what you're just sharing, especially, you know, repeating and validating and, you know, asking the right questions, open-ended questions that takes uh, some conscious effort prior to going into the meeting to identify what your questions are. Um, You talked about uh, inviting participation. You know, if it's a quiet room, why is it a quiet room? You may not have asked the right questions. The other technique that I found to be of benefit is to actually ask somebody individually. Uh, You know, Mike, what's your thought on this one? Uh, Or, you know, this is a component that we haven't really used in the past. We could reuse this component or we could create a new one. I'm interested in what our engineer, engineers think. And, you know, aiming your question at somebody to invite the participation. It's kind of a, it's a teaching technique. It's a moderator technique. It's a facilitation technique, if you will. Um, but I have found that if you have individuals who are quiet in the room, there's probably a reason. And in my experience, that reason is probably because... Uh, their mind's not there. They don't feel like the safe is the space is safe, 
or they don't know how, like what's their role in the conversation. And so you can cover one of those. You can, you know, what's your their role in the conversation? You can cover that one out of the gate when you start the meeting. You know, here we are with this goal in mind. I love everybody's input on it. Uh, everyone of you bring your own unique background or, or insights to this project. And I, I'd love to get your feedback. Okay, so now they understand their role. Now, if they're checked out, you know, maybe that's one of those things that we need to ad uh, address offline. Maybe that's something we need to talk about outside of the meeting itself. But the other one may be is, you know, they're not engaging the conversation because they don't want to step on toes or there could be some political barriers involved in the meeting. So simply just going out of your way to say like, you know, hey, Mike, I, I love your thoughts on this one before we move on really will help somebody feel valued in that meeting and then eager to go into what, what their thoughts may be. So invite people to participate. I do think helps create a safe space. I love that. I think that you, you said feeling safety, feeling safe, you know, having psychological safety. I mean, we could mm -hmm. have a whole other episode on that, mm -hmm. but that is mm -hmm. so important to make people. And that is the job of, of a facilitator of a discussion is to help people feel safe to contribute safe to express their own feedback and not feel like, you know, they're, they're wrong or they're, you know, going to feel bad at the end of the day because of it. Like having that safety is so important. I love that you mentioned that. You know, I had a developer who I worked with up until recently, Tier, uh, he left for another company, but I've worked with him for the better part of the last six years. And initially this individual and I didn't get along very well. And fortunately, we've been able to acknowledge the fact that we didn't get along very well in the beginning because we actually really grew to work well together uh, over the last four years. Um, but one of the things that I picked up on is that people have their own unique working styles. And what used to really bother me in the beginning was this individual was always on their phone in a meeting. I don't recommend someone is on their phone. Right. If you're going to the meeting, put your phone away. Uh, that's part of creating a safe space and helping everyone feel like their time is respected. Put your phone Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Yep. The fact that this individual had their phone out so often really bugged me. And it wasn't until we ended up having a conversation down the line that I realized, uh, you know, from his own words, is that he's just very ADHD and his thoughts are running in 100 directions at a time. And he's not texting. He's not doing any messages. More often than not, he's doing Sudoku, or he's doing something like that just to keep his mind engaged. And he is actually very attentive when he can keep you know something going uh, like a Sudoku on his phone. Um, or, or a fidget spinner, or you know one of those little fidget uh, you know, tools or toys, or whatever you want to call them. Um, those types of things were able to help him really actually focus in on the meeting. And once I had understood that, that that's just how he works, it made our space a lot easier to be safe or to collaborate with this individual. So people do have their own working patterns. Well, the interesting part about that is that what that also does for you, I'm guessing that it did for you, is that it freed up this, this mental space that you had been filling up with What's he doing? Why isn't he paying attention? Right, yep. Why is he not? You know, and instead now it's, I know I could ask him, I could at any given moment, I could say, Hey, developer, what do you think about that? And they're on it they, and they respond. Yep. And I love that yep. you freed up that mental capacity that you were using somewhere else. And now it can just be used to help further this, this discussion. Yeah. That's cool. 
And, and I think when we, when we talked briefly about body language, body language is one of my favorite things to look at. And there's so many fun resources out there. In fact, there's actually a really cool Netflix show, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's got a, it's about this guy whose agency gets hired by like the police and the FBI all the time to come in and read micro expressions. Oh, what is yeah. the name of that show? I cannot remember for the life of me. I guarantee somebody watching this knows what it is. But the <laughs> idea of like micro expressions leading to uh, like an internal intent, right? So if you're in a meeting and somebody's got their arms folded, we instinctively know what that means, right? They've put up a defense. Yep. Why is their defense up? How can we get their arms unfolded? You know, there probably needs to be some sort of safety that needs to be created to get them, uh, you know, bought into the concept. Are they leaning back in their chair? And I'm taking my mic with me as I'm explaining this. Are they back in their chair with their arms folded? You know, the proximity from one person to another will actually tell you a little bit about how they're feeling as well. Eye contact. You mentioned that one. Uh, Are they looking down at the floor? Are they looking at the room? Are they looking at their watch, their phone? Where's their eye contact? Um what is their head doing? You know, when somebody's listening and validating and you're doing it right now, you kind of nod along, right? Uh And that does signal to somebody that I'm engaged. So you can start this practice of head nodding or another one that I've read in the body language kind of, uh, you know, common body languages to to help facilitate a meeting is uh, mirroring is what they call it where if somebody's up there presenting and they're engaged with the hand that you kind of mirror if, if if everyone's sitting forward in the meeting you know maybe they're you know arms on the table and they're sitting forward on the edge of their seat mirroring that body language helps others feel that you're engaged doing the opposite will will speak the opposite uh, answer <laughs> right uh, so what's the head doing what are the eyes doing what's the hands doing when they're talking um those are just a couple of like these telltale signs to read how everyone in the room is feeling. And, and I love to pick up on those things uh, because some of those, I'll call them more like body language truths, can help you in your second point of interpretation. Uh, and so I love finding out the ins and outs of body languages and how they can correlate to our meetings. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I really no, I think it's it awesome. I, I think a lot of it too can help when. When things don't go the way you had envisioned a meeting to go, what if it's a really tense meeting and actually mm-hmm. it's becoming a little heated? I've I've sat in those and sometimes being able to interpret that energy that's in the room, that negative energy and knowing the people. I mean, I'm not saying do this all the time, but what if you could introduce a little bit of humor just just to kind of shift the way that energy is going? If you pick up on that and you're able mm-hmm. to shift it a little bit to you know, crack a a quick joke or, and you'll, you hopefully will know if that's the appropriate setting or not, but that's another skill to work on of just, Oh, this is some, this is some rough energy in here. Let me, let me do something, you know, to, to change it. So I, I've I've got a stakeholder that I, that I've worked with a ton over the last couple of years at Domo. And uh, this individual used to intimidate me when I would get in there to present. And one of the things that I found that helped with that and kind of creating a little bond between them is before the meeting started, we would talk about a common interest, just real brief. And it would get us on a talking pattern that was fun, was light. It was, uh, you know, just real personal. And then once we got into like the meat of the meeting, 
there wasn't a whole lot of intimidation there anymore because we were already on the same page. We've already kind of rubbed shoulders and done that little thing uh, already. So therefore, the meeting part then got a little bit easier. And that was just one of the techniques that I had to develop in working with this individual so that I wouldn't be too tense during the meeting. It's really cool. Yeah. A lot of this techniques. Is a, a lot of techniques out well, there. Te- yeah, this is a, a technique-packed episode, I feel like. There's so many directions this could go. But I hope when people go back and listen through, there's a lot of cool things they can try. Just yeah. noticing and just then taking action on these little things has such a huge impact on how a meeting goes, how a conversation goes, an interview, any of that. So let's address then the challenge for the end of this episode. The challenge that we it. want to ex- extend, and, and Mikey, feel free to chime in where you'd like. Uh, the challenge that we'd like to extend to those who are listening and following along in the miniseries challenges is we want to invite you in your next meeting to be mindful, right? And that, that the word mindful allows us to keep this pretty broad, but me, be mindful of what's happening inside of the meeting. Too often we go into the meeting with our bullet points or with our slide deck uh, or with our questions that we need answers to, and we're hyper-focused on achieving our goals. What I want to challenge you to do is in that meeting, take a breath and take a step back and be mindful of what's happening in the meeting. Identify maybe a couple people who are really bought in and maybe there's, you know, in contrast to a couple people who don't seem to be too engaged. Uh, And this goes back to what you were talking about in your steps. You observe and instead of making the wrong interpretation of it, take action after your mindfulness. And maybe you got to go out there and have some follow-up conversations. But the challenge that we want to extend to you is to be mindful in your next facilitation meeting and post-meeting, go and do a little self-reflection. Document how that went. Document what you picked up on when you were being mindful. So-and-so had their arms folded, right? Great. So-and-so talked a lot. So-and-so talked so much and he was so cornered in their idea that it really centered the whole meeting on this one idea, right? Take note of what happened when you were mindful so that next time around, we know what to look for and we know how to avoid it. Anything you want to add in addition to that? You're just helping me. I'm establishing how I'm going to tackle the challenge and I'm going to call it for myself a mini retro, a mini retrospective that I will I will take this challenge and do what I can in the meeting and whatever I can't necessarily accomplish during the meeting, I'll take that offline. And with my, you know, notepad, note-taking document, really take uh, some time to look at a retrospective of, of how that went, yeah. what I can do, what, what issues I uncovered, how it could have been better, how it can be better next time. And then one thing that I've always done in my retrospectives with product teams is just to, to acknowledge the good that came out of it. And maybe that means reaching out to somebody after the meeting and thanking them or furthering a discussion with somebody to see how I can make the next one better. And sometimes right. that for me, that means those, we used to call them high fives, right? We'd, we'd go around mm-hmm. the room and give high fives and, and, and point out accomplishments that we had with each other during the week during the sprint, whatever it was. So for me, this mini retro will really be, what can I do during the meeting? And then I'm going to challenge myself to go and document and find out where the issues were, where I can improve and where the high fives can be given for what went well. Perfect. There it is. There's the challenge. You know, as you were talking there, it just, 
I just realized that I'm going to have a great opportunity to do this too, because as of tomorrow, we're announcing some reorganization that we're doing at the Domo product team. And starting tomorrow, I'm going to be on a completely new part of the product, working with completely new teams. Oh and man! <laughs> I'm going to have to start at the very beginning with some individuals. I, I there's going to be 30 people uh, across these teams now, and I've worked with four of them over the last four years. So new teams, new faces, new working styles. It's time to get back into uh, into some mini retros to learn more about uh, these individuals. That's going to be fun. <laughs> fun times Very ahead. Cool. Well, thank you, Mikey, for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is a really fun series. I'm excited for the other ones we've got coming up. This is awesome. we got some good stuff coming up, and we'll be back to recording probably again sometime next week, so you'll get another mini episode in two weeks' time. Yeah, yeah. That's a wrap on another episode. Thank you for choosing to listen to Design Today. Check out our website at designtoday.com. There you'll find all of our past episodes, resources, links to join our Slack community, and even an option to sign up for a career coaching session with me. If this episode has provided any level of value to you, then consider subscribing. There's so much more to come with episodes launching every single Tuesday. If you're already subscribed, then thank you. Consider leaving a rating or a review. Share this episode with a friend or coworker. As always, your support means a ton and it goes a long way. Until next time, this is Dylan Winspear encouraging you to keep pushing and design something new today.